Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. And welcome back to Inside Sources. This is Jim Bennett, and I'm here with Scott Howell. Thank you, Jim. Uh, what a pleasure to be with you. Pleasure to be with you, Scott. So, uh, going back to the text line, it's interesting because we were talking about uh, citizen initiatives. And we just got a text that says, we live in a state that believes in balancing the budget. How can our legislators balance the budget if initiatives can override legislators' decisions on where money is spent? Great question, Uh, Jim. I'll just point out one thing. We don't believe in balancing the budget. It's part of our Constitution. Right. We're constitutionally mandated. We are. And that's really what what drives that whole thing. But I I think the referendum is uh, something that has to do with... um, uh, 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 people airing their voice. I think there's a pent-up demand in our state for people not feeling that their representative is hearing them, what they have to say. Just look at Medicaid expansion mm-hmm. a- and look at the medical uh, cannabis. Two issues where those ba- I mean, those initiatives were overwhelming. They collected more than two times the amount of signatures. That's a big part of the population. Right. No, that's absolutely true. And when you look at the medical cannabis particularly, that was not a bill with a massive fiscal footprint. No, it wasn't. And nor was Medicaid when you figure out that we give back to the federal government billions of dollars. And I've always maintained that if we could have the Medicaid expansion, we can get people out of the ER room and get them into regular routine, just basic type of physicals and be able to take care of them and be preventative in what they need to do. And that's both in dental as well as mental health and and physical health. And that one is just bamboozling to me. Now, I I know they said they had this great in with the Trump administration. It was going to be a done deal. That didn't work out. And I I just think, uh, coming from the homeless perspective, we need to do more for those who can't afford to be on the plan. I I read an interesting story over the weekend in the Desert News about a a mother with uh, three kids and uh, tragic that her husband committed suicide. And uh, again, that goes back. She needs help right now. Now, Is she going to need it forever? No, I don't think so. And uh, self-reliance has to be a big part of our culture here. Self-sustainability and the dignity of work, all those things are in there. And I thought in the Medicaid expansion, the governor's right. I think we should have a work component. I really do, because that helps helps everybody to understand that there's nothing for free in life. Right. Well, you know, all of these kinds of issues are things that continue to come up. Uh, Today, I'm just sitting here looking. We've got two screens over here with President Trump saying that it looks like the Saudi oil field uh, was attacked by Iranian drones. And this is just a terrifying story. Uh, He's got sent out tweets talking about being locked and loaded 
And the whole issue, we're being told that in the short term, the consequence that is most likely is we're going to see crude oil spikes. The markets are really volatile at the moment because we don't know how much of Saudi oil is going to be able to make it out of production. But every time this comes up, uh, whenever there's any kind of volatility in the oil markets, I always think about Utah's unique position in the world oil market. We have enough shale oil uh, down in the Four Corners area to be able to... Vernal and and, uh, Duchesne County. Right. I mean, there's a lot. And if you look at Sinclair Oil Company, uh, Earl Holding, uh, the father of that, Stephen now the CEO... You know, one of the things that's interesting about their stations, their Sinclair or Dino Pay or whatever that is, you know, they've never used a drop of foreign oil. They've really just processed all of that locally. And what's so interesting to me is the escalation that could happen out of this. Clearly, the Iranians are playing a part of this. Right. And I'm just afraid with our commander in chief that it might be to the point where he tweets our next foreign policy (laughs) that we are sending bombs are a B-29s in for a little bombing raid now. A declaration of war via social media. Yeah, social media. Isn't that crazy? It's, Again, it's I'm telling you, your unreal. father and grandfather are just, their eyes are blazing down here saying, <laughs> right. what in the Hades is going on with our country? Uh, but this morning, he tweeted out early that they had data. I don't know how true that is. Uh, you know, his definition of data and mine are completely different. <laughs> that they had... Well, yours relies on facts and actual <laughs> evidence, not just what you had for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I've seemed to use those throughout my career, and they seem pretty self-sustaining. But that's the thing that frightened me, uh, frightens me the most, Jim, is wh- what will he do? And what kind of dramatic action? Now, I've got great Iranian Persian friends, wonderful friends, um, who have deep insight to what's going on there. Iran is a spectacular place, and unfortunately, their leadership is not reflective of the people at this point in time. Some might say that's here in America, too. The leadership's not reflective of us. But I'm telling you, if we started some type of uh, intervention and and we did something really do, dumb in the Middle East, you think that uh, oil prices are bad now, and you think the stock market's in, in a, a challenge, you just wait till that happens. Oh, gosh. Well... People continually, they think that I have some kind of blazing political insight that I don't necessarily have. But I think you got a pretty good one. Well, that's very kind of you, but nobody knows anything in politics. <laughs> I mean, they really don't. I mean, a lot of people come up to me and say, is Trump going to be reelected? Like, how do I know if Trump is going to be reelected? <laughs> you know, nobody knows that more than anybody else. But my sense of it is very much that Trump, this next election is not... Uh, a contest between two candidates. It's a referendum on Donald Trump. Yeah, 100%. And the referendum on Donald Trump is going to sink or swim based on the state of the economy. Uh, And this has the potential to throw the economy into turmoil. Uh, Donald Trump's ridiculous, asinine trade war with China is getting us down that road. You know, when I was a Republican, the Republicans believed in free trade more than almost anything else. And one of the reasons I'm not a Republican anymore is the Republican Party is now just, well, now our president doesn't believe in free trade, so now we don't believe in free trade. Well, and especially on that free trade, I think uh, you need to know that that uh, uh, battle is impacting Utah companies. It was interesting to me, uh, the trade war, and this is, quote, the trade war concerns come to cost to our economy, said Miles Hansen, president and CEO of the World Trade Center, Utah. 
uh, Hanson said that he once described as a trade dispute with an effort by both nations to create leverage on the other side as part of the negotiating process has become an all-out trade war. And both sides are taking actions to try to maximize the cost for the other side. And that is something that's hitting us right here in Utah. And people don't understand that. Go talk to the farmers down in uh, in southern Utah. I I know this guy. uh, He's from Burl, Utah. uh, And they raise hay. Burl, Utah. Well, it's just out of... what is that town? Escalante or uh, no? Uh, I don't anyway, know. Our family it, goes there. It's out of the boondocks. Yeah, I went to Burl, and there's a train track that you drive over and two houses. But he raises tons of hay. Guess where he sends that hay? China. 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 Sure. We are manufacturing hay, sending that to China. These trade wars could kill that whole business Well, this there. is a global economy, and we're using 17th century economic tools to deal with it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, and, and Natalie Gartner said something really interesting. She says, as it stands, neither side is winning so far as this metaphorical game of chicken with the U.S. economy straddling the lines of a possible recession. Oh. Think about that. Well, so you nailed it, though. You, you got it. George W. Bush, it's the economy, stupid. Well, I was actually Bill Clinton. Sorry, Bill Clinton. Economy, excuse stupid. me. Excuse me. But, but the thing is, the president gets credit or blame for the economy, I think, far too often. But here you have Donald Trump directly intervening in the economy in a profoundly negative way. And it's and if if that redounds to a recession and and pile on that a possible war with Iran and and a cut of foreign oil supplies, I think Donald Trump is in serious trouble. But I think we as a nation are you, in serious trouble. You heard it first here on KSL, the impeccable <laughs> Jim Bennett, here we go. host of today's Inside Sources, along with me, Scott Howe. What a pleasure it is to be with you. And, Jim, I appreciate your wisdom. Well, I appreciate your wisdom, and we're going to get some wisdom from Richard Davis when we come back from our break. He is the chair of the United Utah Party, and the United Utah Party is backing a term limits initiative.